Peter, Roxanne, how's everybody doing? Doing great. great. How are you, Nick? How are you, Brian? Awesome. Yeah. Hey, it's a groundbreaking day, you know? Here we are doing it live. <laughs> I know, and we're the first ones to get to engage in this. Ooh, this is so cool. Thank you for inviting us, you guys. A- absolutely. This is going to be a blast, guys. Well, no, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And for those of you who don't know, if you don't listen to our podcast, um, our podcast is called Lead.exe. It's a play on words for leadership.execute. You know, it's a little techie, little nerdy and stuff <laughs> there. That's why all the graphics look like, uh, you know, a Commodore computer or a Tandy. Um, if you're familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> goes back a ways, Nick. Goes back a ways. Tandy. Really? Whew. Hey, you. You, you never used a Tandy or a word processor? Oh, are you kidding? You Brian. Yeah. <laughs> a, I grew up in Dallas. I was a Tandy junkie. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I'm joined today. This is Brian Comerford, who's my my co-host here. Um, and I'm Nick Lozano. And we're joined by uh, Roxanne and Peter. How are you guys doing? Absolutely super. <laughs> At your command. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. You know, we couldn't think of two better people to have on our uh, maiden voyage for this live <laughs> streaming experiment. Uh, and, you know, if there, there's, there's someone uh, that uh, I know I love to speak with in all three of you. So, you know, uh, combining, combining all, all of us together, uh, it should be a chatty good time. I really <laughs> admire your courage, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not just with the company, <laughs> let alone the live thing going first. <laughs> so real quick, why don't, why don't we just give uh, quick intros for uh, folks who aren't quite be familiar with you. So Rocky, why don't you just go ahead and go first and give a brief bio. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I have a, a, a leadership development firm called ProLaureate that I founded in 2003 after leaving a a corporate career. And prior to that, I was actually in the performing arts, working on both sides of the stage. So the the short story to that, to the long saga that gets us here today, is that along the way, I've learned that the single most important thing we can all do for ourselves and others is to find and develop our best selves, our champions, our own inner champions. And it all starts right here. So that's what I do now. I work with uh, middle market and large global corporations in developing cultures of leadership. And I'm also an executive coach. So that's what I do. And I'm a student of improv. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm a student of Nick and Brian and following what they do with their technology and all the things that they do wonderfully well in their, in their own careers. So thanks guys for letting me be part of this. I'm very honored. Very kind of you to say. Yes. Right back thanks at for you. coming. Thank yep. you. And my name is Pete Margaret and I'm, happy to be in this classroom with the three others because uh, I've learned a lot from the three of them as well. Um, I'm the accidental accountant. I'm a CPA, but not a really good one. Uh, (laughs) Technically, I've taught it before, but um, I'm also a student, longtime student of the fine art of improvisation. And I have found that improvisation is really a leadership tool. Improvisation is all about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And it really became very apparent to me of the uncomfortable on March 13th, 2020. (laughs) Because every day has been uncomfortable and I've managed to keep my sanity 
because of the principles of improvisation and how it applies in leadership and being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I'm also a, a, a keynote speaker. I have coaching clients. And I um, just have a blast at what I'm doing. I just love spreading the word of improv around. Well, I was glad to hear you didn't say that March 13th was the day that you found out that you were going to have to live with yourself, and that's when it really became uncomfortable. <laughs> you, you know, Brian, I just got past that yesterday, Jeez, but, Brian. Now, but now I'm back into it going, yeah, I haven't been on an airplane since January 10th, <laughs> when normally I've had about 50 flights by the time this time every year. So. Oh, no kidding. Not the truth. It's okay. That's okay. I, I've got my water. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I, you know, I've just become accustomed during this time to really, you know, associating other people and my interaction with them with seeing them represented as a cluster of electrons on a screen. Right? Brady Bunch. <laughs> it, it does kind of take away from the closeness of, you know, giving a, a physical embrace or a handshake. So, you know, with, yeah. with, with the changing of times, it's, uh, it's interesting seeing uh, most everyone I interact with anymore in two dimensions. It is. Man. We, could, we could do the whole episode today just talking about the ramifications of that and how everybody deals with it differently, how it impacts us on so many different levels. But I know it's your show, so we'll just let you go. <laughs> well, as Nick and I were talking about having you both on, this this is exactly why we thought it would be appropriate. Because you never know. Look at the times we've been living in. I mean, if there was any greater opportunity for both uh, improv, <laughs> right? Every day has been kind of a reinvention of what we might be doing, and really the trajectory of of having that common vocabulary around. Uh, leadership and and I mean at what point has there been a greater need for leaders than there has been through this crisis there isn't not in our lifetime anyway and I think many lifetimes before ours no this is pretty incredible and yeah Brian I'm glad you didn't say the new normal so no. <laughs> that's where he was going so <laughs> no it's it's a today normal because it changes every single day right we haven't got, we haven't even gotten close to the new normal <laughs> This is just, you know, Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, right? That's what it feels like. The only way I know, I only differentiate between a weekday and a weekend day now. It doesn't even really matter what day of the week it is anymore. It just depends on whether or not you had to set your alarm clock, right? <laughs> I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if it's, if it's after 12 o'clock, we can just call any given day at this point the noon abnormal <laughs> oh, that's cute. I like that, Brian. Sure, I hadn't thought of that one yet. That was very good. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of improv. You learn to be uncomfortable comfortable in this uncomfortable world that we're And and speaking of uncomfortable, <laughs> man, I, yeah. I, I just saw Peter stiffen up there. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, this is the... <laughs> Freezing up just a little bit there. Yeah, this is, uh, that was yeah. his new Zoom background. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> the surprise, Peter. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. yeah that, that, oh, my gosh. I, I, I've had some days. I've had my days, but I've had better days than not. Uh, and, and try not to get too far in front of this thing and, and think about what's – we don't right. know what's going to end. All we can do is worry about today. <laughs> 
You know, that's that's so important what you just what you just said, Peter, because when when I address, you know, we've all had to go virtual. Right. Some of us were kind of half a foot in there anyway, one foot in, one foot out. At least I've been for a long time. But going 100 percent with this, there's a whole new dynamic now and a whole new dimension when you are uh, when you have all these faces in front of you in a one dimensional format. It's affecting us psychologically, emotionally, physically. Uh, in our hearts. I mean, it, it's impacting us in all these different ways. So guys, I'll tell you, when all my stuff is virtual now, as all of ours is, and the first thing I do when, when we start is to have that conversation. This is not an, oh, poor me, we're not going to go to the victim of a pandemic kind of mindset, not going there. But what we need to recognize is it's a different forum. It's a different format. So how do we engage here? How do we really get... Um, get the connection between each other and stay very engaged in what we're doing. There's all kinds of things that work here. First, you know, it's the technology, the experts at technology. It's certainly improv. That's what we're all doing is we're kind of rolling with the way it goes. And it's understanding our own philosophy of leadership and what that really means, no matter what we're doing, right, or who we're doing it with. So there's a lot going on in this transition. And it's all opportunity if we look at it that way. Yeah, sage words, Roxanne. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind as I hear you say that is I, I think I've seen a lot of tendency to leap toward blame. In yes. some cases, it's been very politically motivated. But, you know, equally, I think that there's also a responsibility on all of us for accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as we, as we see leadership styles that may not be so oriented towards communication or effective communication, you know, then suddenly, you know, uh, I think there's a need to be able for all of us to uh, engage in that conversation that really drives us towards improving through yeah. a set of situations where, you know, talk about the improvisation, improvisational nature of what we've been going through every day has been a reinvention to some extent, whether it's medical information or seeing the changing in, in numbers and, you know, having to figure out who's going to be part of the remote workforce of today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that the improviser does is focus on the things he has, he or she has control over, not the things we don't have control over. And a lot of times I see leaders are focusing on the things they absolutely not have any control over or yeah. not even accepting the fact of what we're in. Uh, I, I know there's a few people in, in my sphere of influence who are, are, I can't wait to get back on stage. And it's like mm -hmm. they have this, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And it's like, ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get back to that live classroom. Well, I, me too, but it's not going to look the same that it mm -hmm. did prior to. Um, and it's just, you know, just, I just, I don't, uh, frustration is not the word, but it's just, why can't we just focus on what's happening today and, and not get too far in front of ourselves? Cause that's when we go crazy. That's when we lose our hair. That's when we pull our hair out. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Sorry. Really, Peter? Yeah. Whoa. I forgot he's sensitive about that. Not all of his hair was pulled. <laughs> <laughs> By himself, <laughs> somebody else pulled it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, Nick's just kind of faded into the background for me there. I mean, he's he's got this matching <laughs> motif that goes along with our our logo colors. <laughs> hey, this 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 look was intentional. Um, you know, hey, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep it you know on brand on message, right, Brian? You are a brand master, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about, you know, leaders adapting to this new leadership style and everything being remote, um, it's kind of this shift to remote work, right? And it's this idea of there's certain managers who view productivity a different way, right? And they're like, okay, you know, Joe Smith is here Monday through Friday from nine to five, and that's when I know work is getting done. And how much does that have to shift now, right? People are at home with their families, some of them with young children, because some schools still aren't in. Um, how much does that have to change and what should leaders do to kind of help make that transition? Well, I can tell you, I, I watch this and, and hear it all the time, especially uh, in, in corporate environments. You know, we have folks who are very used to seeing the productivity happening, the camaraderie happening, shoulder to shoulder, you know, all working together in teams. And it's tough on a lot of leaders and organizations to not know, it's like what, referencing what Peter said. Now they don't have control over seeing if people are actually doing their work. So they're struggling with, are they or aren't they? Are they taking advantage of the system or are they really getting the work done? And from a leadership perspective, you know, one of the things that, one of the, one of the primary things that leaders are responsible for is results. Are you getting the results at the end of the day? If you are, bing, yeah, okay, I'm working. I may be working differently. I may be taking time to go walk the dog or take care of the kids or tutor this or do that. But then I'm at my computer until 10 o'clock at night. It's the results that are now measuring it. And I think there's a whole mindset that's starting to change around that, that you don't have to be in the office space to be productive. And I also think it depends upon your personality. Mm -hmm. Some people are thriving in this remote environment. Others, not so much so. I don't know what you guys are seeing. Well, I think it comes down to one word, trust. Mm-hmm. Do we trust our employees? And there's a, there's a generation, my generation grew up not trusting employees. My father told me my first, as he said, real job in an office, he, he gave me this advice. You get there before your boss. You make sure mm-hmm. your boss sees that you're already there. And when you walk around the office, you keep a file in your hand so it looks like you're busy, even if you go into the restroom. <laughs> and you make sure you're the last one there. Well, after your boss leaves, then, then you can leave so they can see that you're working. He never said anything about work. It was just that visibility of it. Yeah. But I, absolutely, I, the people are more productive now that they're home yeah. versus under the thumb uh, of the leaders. And, and, and leaders have to trust there's a few of them falling over right now but (laughs) (laughs) what did he say trust my employees oh have his head well his last name is margarita so (laughs) (laughs) well I, i i have two comments in response to that peter first of all i didn't realize that that was the standard all the way at the beginning of the agrarian age i mean it's interesting that that there's been a continuity of that 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, you had that. Uh, that was, that was well, that that well was earned, cow. right? From the hair. <laughs> I, I just lob them up. You just hit them out. There you go. <laughs> just back and forth, back and forth. So it's funny that you say that, Peter, because when when I worked in restaurants, um, I remember I went to this new space and and this guy. Um, you know, train, training me, bring him in. He's like, Hey, you know, this is what we do when we prep for the day. And he goes, by the way, he goes, always have a spatula in your hand and always walk very fast. He goes, because everyone just thinks you're off to go do something. You can do whatever you want, be on your phone. He's like, but as long as you have that spatula and you're walking fast and you look determined, he's like, people leave you alone. They think you're working. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know why something to flip. <laughs> so, so Nick, are you teaching people how to do that on video? On virtual, <laughs> yeah, when I walk back and forth, my screen was something to look very important and busy. Well, I, th- I think the, uh, the the method to that is you do you do uh, Peter's method and you just do a looping freeze frame for your Zoom background <laughs> where it's a video. <laughs> just oh, a perfect like loop where you just like nod every now and then, and then look yeah. down and then nod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it. Put a pen. Like you're thinking. Hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good. I like it. Well, I, you know, I was going to touch on uh, one other point that uh, that both of you brought up. I think that there's also an aspect of leaders who are coming from a fearful place right now because they're starting to realize maybe my leadership's been absolutely ineffective this whole time because the productivity is so much higher and the outcomes are so much better. And I, I'm not even at arm's length with any of yeah. these folks. Right. Oh, we yeah. lost Peter. Oh, no. He'll come back. We'll see him. He was offended by your background comment. (laughs) (laughs) Here, he's coming back in. Okay. There's the margarita. What, Where'd you what, go? What'd you kick me out for? I, I, I'll, I'll take it back. I seriously, I'll take it back. Stop All talking sudden, about like, the hair. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know better now. Next hey, well, time this is the internet, so <laughs> I... <laughs> Next time we expect you to knock before you enter, pal. That's right. Yes, sir. Oh, we're echoing. Uh-oh. Sleepy Peter. I'm echoing. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So, Brian. It's, it's probably me. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. on your phone? Okay. Yep, it's done. No, I'm not on my phone right now. I'm, I'm in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> did you just shut your camera off so you could oh, drink some of that Maker's Mark? Is that what you did? Uh, <laughs> no. I, oh, no. I have no problem drinking it in front of you guys. <laughs> Brian. I'm man after my own heart, Brian. I got, I've got some bottles right over here. I'd be happy to share with you. Just keep it disguised. <laughs> Just keep it disguised. <laughs> so, Brian, I'm sorry, Glenn. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to respond to what Brian said. Um, well, you fell off for there for a moment, Peter. Brian said, so what about the leaders who are now feeling like they've been incompetent prior to our pandemic because now there's more productivity in their firms than less? Did I get that right, Brian? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say incompetent, but perhaps. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was a little strong. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm oh, just ready to get in there and crack the whip. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Irish woman's coming out. <laughs> she is again. You just brought her out again, Brian. You got to stop doing it. I'm telling you, stop it. Oh my God! Don't get me started on that. So I, you're right. There are some who are kind of thinking, uh, "Wow, well, I'm not doing anything now." And I thought I was doing stuff then, and yet now it's more productive. I think that's where it's so important that leadership teams support each other through this. 
because um, I do a lot of internal coaching in organizations with leadership teams. And these things come up. This has come up. And it's really the support of the team to say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about that. Let's figure out, is that true or is that not true? And why is that? And so you start having conversations around it. And then you go back into the teams themselves that are being more productive and ask them, how come? You get a lot. We've gotten a lot of answers that I'm an introvert. I work much better this way. I love having this in front of me because I'm more open. I'm freer because you can't see everything that's going on here right now, right? And you can't see all of my boss. So they feel a little bit more protected from that. So they're more, they're more engaging. They're more vulnerable. So the leaders then begin to realize that they were doing fine before and they're doing fine now, but now we have to really adjust. And this is what drives two things really identifying clearly what is leadership to you, what is your leadership philosophy, both as an individual, a team, and an organization. And um, the second thing is, how can we, to Peter, I'll pitch it right to you, my friend, how then do we, do we take this new paradigm of figuring out what we believe in and then open up our brains and get out of the way we've always done things to do things in a completely different way? How do we do that? Well, we should take time. Yeah. And and really, I mean, we've ha- we have been given the gift of time through this pandemic that we're not traveling as much, we're not having to go. Any- I mean, I, literally, I've not been on the road since January. But once this went down, I, knew, I figured it was going to be a long process. And I've been working since March on redesigning, rebuilding my business. And what can, what can I put in here? How can I do things differently? In this world, and I've also coached a couple of, of individuals, and they're going, they're having a hard time at work because we're on Zoom. However, because of the size of the organization and the trend, they're not using the camera, so it's just yeah, like it's just yeah. like it's like a, 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 a conference call still. Hi, yeah. it's entered the conference call, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's and trying to co- communicate with their team. Uh, it's just been a, a, a huge challenge. And, and I, I told my coach, I said, so let me ask this question. Does your team live here in Columbus? Yes. How many people are on your team? He goes, 10. Great. Did you ever think that maybe you can go to a park and socially distance and have that? And, and as, the, as the words were flowing out of my mouth, I could just <laughs> I could see his eyes get big. Oh, my God, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's exact for that connectivity and, and be able to touch base versus seeing just black on the screen and and voices. Mm-hmm. More and more of, of my clients are doing that too, Peter, and I've done it with some of my clients too. We meet on a patio somewhere, you know, just a, a small group, socially distanced. We got our masks on, and we can still have a great conversation and a great meeting. So it's just adjusting to it, absolutely. And it's finding the benefits. I get. When people go, oh, do you have Zoom fatigue? <laughs> uh, no. Why? Oh, yeah, you've been doing this for a while. I said, it's it's a mindset. Right. And, and, and it goes to how are we changing our mindset to to accept what we have control over mm-hmm. and then use it to our full benefit. Uh, I'm going to throw my wife under the rug here. 
<laughs> no, actually, she will be watching this. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> it's okay. There's a 15 second delay. <laughs> She's probably watching it right now. So that's a great thing you said. Like focusing on what you can control, and this is the idea of Zoom fatigue, right? Some of it is have people adapted the way they've done their video conferencing meetings instead of just doing them the same old way they've always done them. Right. I've seen different teams do great things where they have like happy hour over zoom really quickly on a Friday, you know, just to get that camaraderie. Like we're not going to talk about business. We're just going to have, you know, a half an hour personal, you know, meeting. Let's just, you know, talk and see what's on everybody's mind. So how much of it is kind of shifting your ideas and trying things anew? I, I think oh, it, go ahead. Well, no, 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 no beauty before the beast. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, Ab, you, it has to change up all the time, Nick. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, okay, this is a protocol now. This is the way that we are running our businesses. It's the way that we're communicating with other humans. So it isn't just, um, a temporary thing that we're going to get on this video thing and shut down our video and mute our microphone. What a lot of the folks that I'm working with are doing now is saying, okay, we're having a team meeting. Two things are mandatory. Turn off your cell phone, get on your computer with your, with your camera and dress for the occasion. Video must be on. We don't want to see any more tattered shirts and hoodies and all this. You're at your work. You know, you may be in your bedroom doing this, but you're still at work. And that's a whole other thing. A lot of people don't even have a place to go in their homes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic. So, yes, I think creating a protocol around this to make it more engaging and more and more connective is very important. I uh, during this time, I've, I've created a, a virtual improv workshop. And I solicited to one of my clients, a CPA firm in a state. I'll just leave um, out for right now. And they took me up on it on April 15th. And they had 30, 40 people on this virtual improv workshop. I had them in breakout rooms. We were doing all these games and stuff. But we started at 3. And I come to find out they started drinking at 9. <laughs> so by the time they got to me, they were having a, a real good time. At one time, the gentleman just allowed to shoes belch. I mean, I even had to wipe out my ears. It was, oh my it was, gosh! But then, as we as we got towards the end, somebody took their virtual background and switched it, and it was basically flipping everybody off. Oh, no. And the partner asked me to stay on, and I did. We talked, and I said, it's making the distinction that I'm at home, but I'm still in a work meeting. I still have to have some Mm -hmm. decorum. Mm -hmm. And to Rox's point, I think that has taken a little bit of time to work its way through because I've witnessed a couple of other situations, not not as bad as that, but... You know, we still are in a business meeting. We, we still need to be attentive. We, we still need to be, you know, dressed. Not, you know, not a T-shirt that says math is hard. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, it's for that exact same reason that I've stopped answering questions from my coworkers about must there be pants. <laughs> are, you, are you wearing pants, Brian? Are you wearing pants? Well, no, of course you know. I'm not. <laughs> 
I might change it up with a kilt every now and again. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all about being dressed above the waist. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be one of your uh, your promos, right, for your next podcast. <laughs> it's all about being dressed above the waist. waist. That's it. With this headshot. It. <laughs> yeah. Exactly it. Exactly it. Well, for me, I think there's been some importance to the consistency of routine. And so, uh, you know, I I still get up as if I were going into the office, you know, on on any given day that I'm expected to be doing work. And I I still dress presentably, whether or not I actually have to be seen in a Zoom meeting or don't have any Zoom meetings scheduled for the day, which is pretty rare anymore. You know, if anything, I think from, from a Zoom fatigue perspective, it's just that kind of back to my earlier point about, you know, certain leaders, perhaps I'll call them managers, right, who feel the need to log jam your calendar with a bunch of busy interaction because it helps satiate their need for the comfort that by seeing you, it makes them feel as if you're on the hook for doing something for your job. Whereas, you know, to my feeling is now now instead of having something that might be like a 15 minute stand up, we're on the hook for a 30 or a 60 minute meeting. That's not necessarily driving any productivity or effectiveness. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Brian, that's that's when you have to have structure around it. We need to build more structure into these calls and into these these vir- virtual meetings and so forth. And this is something that that I see happening more and more is that folks are starting to do that. They come in with a very clear agenda very clear objective. Here are the points. Let's discuss them, come to a conclusion and move on. Here's the start time. Here's the end time. And I think that is really critical in all of this. Another thing that has become uh, really a, a very, very big deal. And as part of the, I'm also part of the National Speakers Association keynoter upon occasion. And I did my first virtual keynote, which was absolutely incredibly cool. It worked. I was just thrilled. It was really, really neat. And I was scared to death, but it worked out well. But um, they have a partner that they work with, um, eSpeakers, right, Peter? It's eSpeakers. eSpeakers. That is doing virtual certification for, for professional speakers. So what they do is teach us a little bit about the technology to make sure we have that. And I'm sharing this now with everybody that I work with. It's like, guys, this is really important. Set your scene, set your background, make it warm and inviting, but also professional, you know, let it have pieces of you in it. I mean, obviously Peter and I are both certified. You look at our backgrounds and you guys have done a great job. You got brand man up here with Nick, right? (laughs) And, and you got clutter master with me. Uh, you, you, you got radio voice with you, Brian. That's what we got with you. So, so all you. these little, you're welcome. All these little things make such a big difference in the engagement. And all my clients are asking that, Rox, how do we get our people more engaged in this virtual environment? I'll pitch that to you guys. How are you doing it? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. I'd be happy to go. Uh, I, I ask some questions. I, I have them answer questions in a chat box. I said I've been breakout rooms. I, I can still show videos of my presentations and, and, and when I'm working with teams. Uh, I tried to get a client to do – we were going to do eight hours. I tried to get him to do it in two pieces. He said we don't have the days, so let's just do it in one. And everybody was dreading it. And I did everything that I could to maintain my energy level to call on people to talk about, keep things moving and keep them moving that 
the best compliment I got was at the end of it. Said that went by fast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when I shut them off, I melted into my floor because I had used about everything I had. Yeah. That that, yeah. that energy level, that, yeah. that adrenaline adrenaline level. Uh, I was I was pretty I was pretty wrecked, but that's what it, I'm a professional. That's what I need to do. And if it was for eight hours, it's for eight hours. I wasn't complaining about it. I was just wanting them to get a good experience because I knew that they were they were they really wanted me to come out there and I really wanted to but the count started going up around the area and here and so now I'm I'm going to stay home and we're going to do this and I'm going to do everything I can yeah. to make it as engaging as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean even before the pandemic it, I always made it a requirement with my staff that if we were in something that was a uh, web conference kind of meeting that cameras were on, uh, you know, from my perspective, there, there may be times where you're having a bad day. And so you're granted the exception for that. But otherwise just seeing someone's initials on the screen, isn't enough for me to know that that person's engaged in most cases. So, so I mean, the, I'm sorry. Sometimes they're not even there, Brian. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's not even just about being there, but just n- being able to uh, see someone's facial responses and know that they're mm-hmm. checked in, mm-hmm. right? That there's some degree of engagement, understanding. I'm seeing you nod right now, Rox. I, I know yeah. that you're listening, and there's some comprehension right. going on, right? Yeah. You, can, you know, you can you can in, you can show your your enthusiasm and in, in where you are with this and what's going on. It's I, I just I just want to say it's okay. It's okay. I get it. You know. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. That's what we need to do is just be even more ourselves, let more of ourselves show through on these, on these, in this environment. And if, well, maybe if not I, you, Peter, but. I was just going to say, what, what happens? You said they're allowed to have one day or one time for a bad day. Does a bad hair day count? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, Actually, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I haven't played that card yet, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna be quiet and listen to this one. <laughs> you know what, though, I think um, from my perspective, that when you talk about, from what I've, I've learned so far, in in the little bit I know about about improv, coming from a theater background helps me too because it's somewhat connected in that world is that everything, we, we started talking about this from the very beginning, Brian, when you said, isn't this the time that we need leadership more than any other time? So doesn't that mean that we need to clarify and understand what that means to us individually, in our partnerships, in our families, in our, in our businesses and everything? What does that really mean? And are we living it every day? And it's, those are the tenets of improv. And that's what I'm learning about that too, is that, um, that as well as, uh, all of, all of the training and education and everything I've had, we've all had, if you go back and you look at all of that and you look at your experiences and as they accumulate over time and you look at it through a leadership lens, a lens of this is what leadership is to me. You begin to see clearly what works and what doesn't and what the results are of each. And that's where we need to be focused today from my perspective. I agree, Roxanne. And I also, I think leaders need to be better listeners. And they're not. 
So true. Because you mentioned something about, uh, you know, I think I need to be there so I see you and I'm going to take your time because it makes me feel better. Um, that's called ego. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's too much ego in corporate America because their agenda, what their fulfillment is, is above the team. And in improv, it's not about me. It's about the team. Mm-hmm. And that change of mindset and the ability to listen and listen by um, uh, I'm doing some solo cast now. And the one that just came out listening to understand versus and a very much a listen to respond and, and just stop. Park our ego, park our agenda, park our biases, and listen to what the other person is saying, and empathize with them to understand how they how they feel in their shoes, and ask questions. Man, we get a lot more done, but there's a lot of non-listening going on, and people's agendas and biases, and, and and it's just insane. Well, that that listening is the first component in in my mind to the learning. That's the transformational change, right? Once you start to receive information that might actually invert some of your own perceptions or biases, that's when you might actually start to share in alternate perspectives, not alternate facts, alternate perspectives, right? (laughs) Right, right. No, well said. And and don't don't you think that so much of what we're seeing now on the the darker side of of things that are happening is fear-based? Like back to your point, Peter, about not having control over anything. Doesn't it come from just fear? What'd you say? I wasn't listening. I know. I I think you're you're exactly right. It is fear based. Sure. It's very much fear based. And when we become fearful. Uh oh. We lost you for a second there, Peter. Oh wow! Okay. So we heard you at the we be we become fearful. We become, we, we become and then the internet was the internet. The headlights. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a good improvisational gesture. That's very good. Thank That's you. Very good. Thank you. Uh, I mean, f- fear drives f- fear drives uh, erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all fearful of stuff, uh, but. Yeah, so I, I, I'm trying to get past the fear. And, and this is all honesty. I am trying to get past the fear of heights. And the only way that I know how to do it is to jump out of an airplane with a parachute on, with, with somebody strapped to my back. I, I, I want to do this. And, and I will do this. I've been talking about it for five years. Eventually, I will convince myself to do this. <laughs> but I, at, least, I, at least I've got to the point to say, because somebody said, would you ever skydive? No, with another <laughs> adjective in front of it. <laughs> no. Now it's like I want to. I just haven't made the time, but now I, I'm, I'm telling myself this is not going to be as scary as you think. If George, if the old man George Bush could jump out of a plane and he's ninety, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm thirty-five years old and jumping out of a plane, come on, is that true? Well, one, one, one of those two has a lot more years to lose. <laughs> well said, Brian. Was, yeah, anything I said more than I did is going to be a really bad hole to go down. <laughs> you know, for for my wife's fortieth birthday, I took her skydiving, but it was inside of these one of these wind tunnel oh, cylinders oh, where you yeah. actually rise up and. Oh, cool! Yeah, we took our son for that too. He had a great time, and you know there was there was no. There was no fear. It was a fearless yeah. experience. Uh, see, I, I, I want to jump 
and I would have the guy tandem to my back, and I and they'll video it, and, I, and I'll be falling to the earth screaming like a thirteen year old boy, <laughs> but that's okay. I I want that visible that you know I I did accomplish that I did change that mindset I did do it, and you know the first step is acknowledging the fear, and how do we get past it? Now, is there a way to strap six feet apart? <laughs> the big stick. <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue on that one. <laughs> this is I the saw part. the wheels were turning. The wheels were turning. <laughs> this is part this... of live that I was afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're on the topic of fear, that's that's a good topic here, right? As we're talking about some jurisdictions are further along than others and some people are going back into the office and it makes a good point that fear is relative to each person, right? You might have some of your uh, team members who are completely fine going in. They don't mind riding public transportation. They'll hop on a plane. And then you have other team members who, you know, won't step out of their house. They're still going to follow the quarantine orders. Um, So, so how do you deal with that? As a leader, you know, because you're dealing with different people's certain levels of fear. Well, I can share with you a little bit of what I've seen from the leaders um, with some of my client companies. They're they're being, I mean, this is a very very real thing because everybody has a different circumstance. They may be living with a with an elderly parent. They have kids that are you know going back and forth. If something's happening all the time, where they're trying to protect, they don't want to go out into the world and come back and share. <clears throat> you know, uh, but the leaders in the organizations um, that that I've had experience with through all of this so far are being really, really good about it. And just saying, <clears throat> pardon me, if you have any any reservation whatsoever, don't come in. Mm-hmm. It's tough on leaders of organizations, formal leaders of organizations to say that back to your point earlier, guys, when you said, well, how do I know they're being productive? Right. I'm used to seeing people working. It's, it's it's bringing the human beings together. But now we're pretty much pressed to say we can't mandate this because we don't know your circumstance. So it's being very flexible about that being being um, a couple of, of the folks, the organizations that I work with have, are being very transparent with their corporate populations. And they're doing biweekly uh, executive team meetings with the entire corporate population. You know, they're 20 minutes but it gives an overview of what's going on, the new COVID rules and regulations that are coming out, all of that. And that's very empowering in alleviating fear, in helping people to get around their fear. Um, and again, I think it's finding trusted people in your world, uh, professionally and personally, that you can talk to about these things. That is a safe environment to talk with and just vent it, put it out there. It's okay. You know, I start a lot of the programming now with it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to feel really weird and have no idea what we're doing. It's okay. That's an elephant. Put it in the room and let's mm-hmm. talk about it first. That helps. Yeah, I've seen the same thing that the a la carte method. If if, if we're going right. to open our doors again, then if you feel like you can come in and want to come in, please. If you feel like that you need to be home, please. Um, there's, there's not been that mandate. And, and I have yet to f- hear one organization say, no, we're coming back. Everybody's coming back into this place. I, I have not, I'm assu- I assume it's out there, but I have not seen it, heard it, or read about Nor it. Have I. And I, th- I think that's, I think that's just being kind to the people that, uh, that we, that work with us. 
mm-hmm. and, and allowing them to make the choice versus we mandated a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, though, there's an entire workforce population out there that has never once through all of this had the opportunity to work from home. And those people have continued to be in situations where, despite the fear, they're having to go into this on a routine basis and at times be confronted with others who have varying opinions about the seriousness of what we've been undergoing and what steps anyone needs to take to protect themselves. So it's a, you know, that's a, I think a a whole other different set of leadership challenges, managing teams that don't have that option to be remote. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why you see all the hero signs everywhere, right? Healthcare workers, drivers, grocery stores. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking even of, you know, the, the trash pickup service. I mean, you know, the, 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 the the guys that are, you know, doing construction on, you know, uh, civil projects that they, they can't stop. Right. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. I think there's been, um, I don't know globally, uh, it would be interesting to know how, what, what really is, is the concentration of appreciation for that, of outward appreciation. I mean, are we seeing that worldwide? I think we are. Mm-hmm. If you just go on the internet, you can see a lot of it. But I wonder if anybody's really studying that and seeing, you know, doing a little bit of research and saying, wow, you know what, well, we've got about 40% of, of places across the country that are really recognizing these, these unsung heroes, if you will. Well, they got time on their hands. They don't have to commute anymore. So I hope they'll give you different studies and research. Well said, Peter. <laughs> Which means he can sleep in. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you bring up the, the point about the international nature of this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm married to someone who is, uh, was not born in the United States. And so, uh, just by nature of, you know, the, the, the media that she tends to consume, it's, it's global in scope. And so on a routine basis, we're seeing how a lot of other countries have chosen to respond, how they're communicating, uh, the effectiveness of leadership around the world or the Mm -hmm. ineffectiveness. I mean, there's, you know, it's been pieces and parts everywhere. And for reasons, you know, that we're talking about on all these these topics here. But we, we yeah, I think there tends to be, uh, you know, this sort of narrow cast view that a lot of people fall into that. It's it's just whatever's happening in my little sphere that yeah. uh, that touches reality. I, I do work for an international company. And during March, they were having weekly calls. So I would mm-hmm. jump on these calls and, and Folks from uh, South Africa, Europe, uh, uh, Canada on these calls, and they're all, they're all. <laughs> they're calling you now. They're, right there. wow. they're on the line. Oh, wow. And, and, and they're going, I once said, you're, it appears your country's putting profits ahead of people. And that was the look that I gave. I didn't know really how to quite respond to that. That's saying a lot for a CPA. I know. (laughs) (laughs) One life is too much. Uh, But I, 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 I do know that we have an. My wife has an aunt in Greece, and.
Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Appreciate that. That was weird. Couldn't hear that. Yeah, again. I'm going to pass it to you because apparently my – all the time. (laughs) Well, I I have a stepdaughter who uh, lives in France, just northeast of Paris, and talking with her through all, I mean, she's just been totally isolated. I mean, all of her siblings are here. There there are five uh, kids all together, and uh, we have two out in uh, Oregon, and one in Cleveland, one in Columbus, and one in France. And uh, so when talking with Maggie in France, it's just amazing. I mean, she had to have papers to leave her house. She And if she were stopped walking or driving or riding, they find you this incredible amount. I mean, the, the different things that different areas of the world are doing to um, to manage through this is pretty eye-opening when you stop and think about it and you really look into it. You locked me up on papers. I just started thinking about. Wait a minute. If something, if, uh-huh. I, get, if I don't have something on my phone, uh, you know, paper. I feel like I don't own a printer. <laughs> no, right? No, we have to carry papers on them. Papers that say that have their certificates yeah. of being able to go fifty feet away from their home to go get a cup of coffee or something. That's and right. I've you- been clutching this in my sweaty palm for the last four <laughs> hours. Now I'm going to hand it to you, <laughs> administrative officer. That's right. Yes. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you're good. Go on. Here, yeah, you're good. You're good. No. Just hold it. And let me look at it from here. Yeah. 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 You're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we're pretty lucky that we've um, we've at least come this far with it. It's again, it's unknown. We don't know what's coming around the next corner, guys. Well, you know, one thing that I think has been a contributing factor is just the general sense of decency that we share amongst our communities. You know, those who we're interacting with, having a level of respect for where someone else is coming from. I mean, if you yeah. see someone wearing a mask and socially distancing and, and you're, and that's not your thing and you're not respecting that, you know, to me, there's, there's an an element of common decency that I think, you know, comes into it that again, from a leadership perspective, if, if we're hearing communication around reinforcing certain behaviors, that's when I think, you know, we have a clear sense of what the rules of engagement are, at least what the guidelines are. That's right. And, uh, and I think that that's critically important, especially during a time of crisis. Yeah. And with businesses in their communities, they're they're setting the example by the way they they are in the community. People are watching them. You know, if you go back to some of the basic tenets of leadership, just walking your talk, doing what you say you will do and modeling the way, <clears throat> you know, show other people what what is good leadership in this time? And it's not about title and it's not about any of that stuff. We know that, right? Right. As uh, Simon Sinek has been quoted, uh, uh, authority is not leadership. Mm-hmm. Leadership leadership's the positive effect you have on another person. Yeah. And I, I heard that and actually I was flying back through D.C., through Reagan, 9 o'clock at night, went to the men's restroom, and was hustle and bustle, and there was a uh, attendant in her, restroom attendant. And he looked at it like he had a bad day, bad week, by a year. But he kept that place spotless. And that quote hit me in the back of the head. So I went over to him and said, excuse me, sir. Freaked him out at first. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and I said, I just want to say thank you. You're keeping this place spotless. I just want to say thank you for all your hard work. 
he looked at me kind of straightened up, kind of stuck out his chest. Goes, thank you. Nobody, <laughs> nobody talks to me. Nobody yeah. even says thank you to me. My boss doesn't even say thank you. You're the first one. You wow. just made my day, my week, my year. And I went, cynic is right. <laughs> yeah. It's that positive effect we have on another person, not the negative effect. Yeah. On the other okay. That's leadership. And within organizations, everybody in the organization is a leader if they have a positive effect on another person. Well, and additionally, no contribution is too small to go unacknowledged. Exactly. Absolutely. That is the core, the heart. Everything you guys are talking about is exactly what leadership is. And if we just keep it's those simple, simple tenets that if we live by those, everybody, you, you are you are building, you are growing, you are developing the um, the leadership that you were born with in your heart. And we all have that. It's just a matter of digging it out, finding it, developing it. And it's with those little things that make it happen. That's the language of leadership. That's the language of leadership. You know me, it's all about the love, right? <laughs> it is. You got to take it out into the world, right? Let people so, know. And I'd like to ask you a question, Roxanne. So how about sure. those folks who they're not in any kind of titled leadership role today? They're not a manager of other people. They're no one's supervisor. And they themselves have not ever really connected the idea that leadership is a responsibility that they might yeah. really step forward with. When, when I taught, it's just a great question. Thank you for that, Brian. When, um, when I'm working with people like that, or just talking with people like that, one of the things I always go to is, okay, why don't we get our arms around this whole leadership thing? It's a real scary word. It's like vision. It's something really big and you're supposed to, you know, like have these big lofty things. It's not, it's pretty simple. So tell me about a time in your life, any time, any circumstance, when you were at your personal best, hmm. what was happening? Tell me your story. And they tell the story. And I said, well, what were you doing? What was that about? Where did that come from? Because it always has something to do with conflict, with risk, with fear, with you've got to stand up for yourself. You've got to know your values. You've got to you know, step into the fray, whatever it is. And so we talk about that. And I'll say, so, so what were you doing when you were at your personal best? Oh, that's right. You were leading. We all have moments. We just have to remember what those moments are. It can be the simplest little thing. It can be helping out, helping someone who's stumbled or tripped or, or it, that is what that is. It's at your personal best. When your ego goes away, as Peter would say, your ego is gone and you're all about whatever this is right now and how I can contribute value and have a positive impact on this person or this situation. So you have to help people think about their lives and what they've done and where they've been. And because we don't remember that stuff until somebody asks us, and that's all part of the, the social justice thing, is just ask people what their stories are. And you will find leadership in their stories. They usually light up when you do that. I say, okay, now go connect that to your clients, right? Go use that with your clients and your colleagues and your family. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm sorry. I do go on. You're going to allow Roxanne to one-up you like that? I mean, <laughs> I, all I'm going to say is, oh, no. Ditto. <laughs> I, I could have put it that that, that elegant. <laughs> that, that's, I mean, that was, I, 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 I was hanging on every word. I, no, what, what the lady said. 
That's right. Well, thank you. I, I'm thank with you. you on that one. I'll, I'll share. Push those buttons. I get on my little soapbox. I apologize. <laughs> no, love it. Love that about you. I'll, I'll share a little anecdote. My son just started seventh grade. This is his second week of school. And on Tuesday, I overheard him in a, a Zoom meeting with his classmates, or I guess it was a Google meet. And, uh, you know, he was, they, they were supposed to have a break, but you could kind of do anything with your time, right? And he was talking with two of the other students online saying, you know, I, I just really have to get up in the morning. I have to focus myself on the idea that by 2.45, I have to have all of these things completed and turned in because, you know, that's what's going to keep me on schedule with my day. And uh, later on, I, I just I told him, I'm so I'm so proud of you for, yeah. you know, taking it upon yourself because he's at an age where he can start making those distinctions. You know, that's not true for all school children who are trying to wrestle with these changes. But right. for him, he recognizes, hey, this is a different format and I've got to be the one who's in control of managing my own time. So if a seventh grader can do it. I, I exactly. Think. Exactly. There's a calling for an awful lot of us to follow. Suit. That's right. Get them on the show. Get them on the show is right. Let them talk to the masses. Wow. Hey, he's writing better theme music than I am at this point, so we probably should. Oh, really? You have him doing uh, electronic music? Oh, yeah. Too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's oh, all over. Awesome. Seriously, I mean, the world will listen to a seven-year-old more than any of the rest of us. And uh, I just know the same or smarter <laughs> a lot of ways. Hey, you know, I think uh, that Ryan kid who's six years old was the highest grossing YouTuber last year. Is that um, right? Yeah, all he did was unbox toys. And now every kid wants to have a YouTube channel and unbox toys. But um, They really just want like, the toys. Like $24 <laughs> yeah. million dollars last year or something like that. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You could buy a toy for every kid in America. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I think Peter's frozen again. Oh, there he is. I thought he was just being a good boy and standing at attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still thinking, can we trade kids? <laughs> Mine's 20. <laughs> He's already housebroken, but, <laughs> but nothing to the degree of your son. <laughs> is he watching this too, Peter? Oh. No, Dad's on it. Uh, you can. Well, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. His, his friends will share it with him later after it's archived. That's right. Yeah. It'll be all over. So be forewarned. Yeah. Hey, well, we're broadcasting on Twitch right now too. So, I mean, he could be watching on Twitch. There you go. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut it down, apparently. <laughs> Oh, how funny. You don't have to have a joystick in hand just to be able to kick off the live stream. There you go. Cool. That's a Twitch gamer reference. You're getting all technical on me now, guys. I don't know. I don't even know what Twitch is. I I, I don't Twitch, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what have you guys been up to? I mean, you're, if I, uh, uh, Nick, you're in the DC area, right? Yep, that is correct. And Brian, you're in Colorado. Yep. Yeah. So, what have you guys been doing the last three months? Three, I think like five or something like that. I was commenting with my wife the other day. I was like, I haven't been to my son's school like since February. She's like, no, it's probably like January. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just for, for me, I mean, you know, outside of work and, I, I normally do this martial art called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is like a grappling, basically wrestling. So 
that's off the table right now. Nobody can do that because you can't you can't do that six feet apart. Right. You know, right. it's like, hey, I tackled right. you. You fall over. You know, it's like <laughs> um, so honestly, I've, I've just been finding uh, <laughs> there, there he is. Uh, I've, I've just been finding hobbies of other things that I used to do. Um, that I'm doing again. So like that flag back there that you can see right here behind mm -hmm. me actually made that um, out of wood and I made a video out of it. So I've, I've been keeping myself self busy by doing different things. Awesome. I, I was going to say any, anything that you want to find out about what Nick's been up to, just check his LinkedIn profile because it's on video there somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Every I did, day. I, I, you, I, I, Nick, you were doing your marathon uh, uh, daily videos when the pandemic hit, right? You weren't, oh yeah, you was, weren't all the no, way through it. when Yeah, when, 90 straight days of video. Wow. Yep. Which is, which was challenging. I, you know, for some reason I always was, you know, afraid of doing video. I don't know why it's like I could public speak, you know, we had a podcast, Brian, but for some reason you get this camera in front of me and it's just like stammer, stumble, you know, <laughs> fumble around. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Um, and, and having to do 90 of them know. in a row and doing one yeah. every single day force you not to even think about it. Cause you're like, well, I got to hold myself accountable. I said I was going to do this publicly, so I'm just going to do it. Um, and, you know, some of them were good and some some videos were bad because I needed to do them. But um, that's OK. The, the great thing about video on social media is it gets people to get a real sense of the way you are mm -hmm. as a person, um, especially on LinkedIn. Video doesn't have as big of a reach as like text or like an image, but people tend to identify with it more and identify with you as a person. They see the person behind just someone who's on a picture or the text posting something. Mm -hmm. I set the bar much lower. I, I did 80, <laughs> 80 fewer days of video than Nick did. <laughs> but I did, I did record uh, a, a little uh, uh, leadership anecdote and a juice recipe for 10 days when I did a, a juice fast. I saw I, your juice fast. I saw that, Brian, yeah. So, that was cool. So thank you. Uh, other than that, I have been enticed to do something else that I never thought I would do, which is Zumba. And that's become part of the routine, uh, the workout routine, because there's just not a lot of workout options <laughs> that we have at home. And that's something that we can stream online and do together as a family. So uh, I look goofy as hell, but, you know. Hey, well, Brian, you I'm here to stretch myself as a leader. <laughs> you you exactly should see me right. playing the game Just Dance, so it's it's okay. Right. <laughs> so what about you? What about both of you? What have you been doing outside of the, the leadership scope, your normal day-to-day? -day? Any new hobbies or anything? No, I'll tell you. <laughs> honestly, guys, I, um, I'm a walker. So I walk and on days and when Peter's I gone. Peter, Peter fell off again. <laughs> so when, uh, so I do a lot more of that now. I mean, I'm out almost every day and I just love it. I, it's, it's, I'm not a runner or any of that, but the walking part is, is really, we're echoing again. So, Jeez, um, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> problem. Such a problem. This improv thing, one step too far, my friend. I really? know, yeah. right? God, I, I, I got to put more quarters in my modem. <laughs> cool. Last thing, I, last thing I heard, so my I, friend says she's a runner and she likes to run a lot. 
<laughs> oh, I missed it. I missed it. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Ultra marathoner. That's what she said. That's what I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> me for sure. That really is. I'm working on the business, just converting everything, you know, uh, and trying to up the bar. You know, I'm not very technically savvy, so I'm really trying to get better about that and just learning what I need to learn in order to 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 up the bar a little bit and then bringing in people that that I can uh, to help me with that. So it's it, that's a challenge for me. Um, but yeah, just working on on um, just kind of converting and refining and getting everything over. And I've got a couple of new projects within the business that I'm working on that shall remain right there for now. They'll be announced later. Cool. Very well, cool. I, yeah. be, being Greek, I, I got to cook. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got it. I got, so I, I've, I've made my own homemade pimento cheese. Uh, mm. I, I made wow. my own homemade pickles. And uh, those have become a big hit. Uh, I've been smoking more. Uh, oh, pork, careful now. Pork, 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 <laughs> pork, pork. But uh, you didn't inhale, right? I did not. <laughs> uh, I did not inhale. Uh, I, I, I never inhaled <laughs> cigarettes. Marijuana, <laughs> marijuana? absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and I've got. I'm trying to build a, a, a remote video studio. So I've got these two big lights over here. And today I figured out how to do a two camera and tomorrow will be a three camera. Uh, oh, you're going to be on Twitch. You're all set up for Twitch now. Uh, yeah. I, 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 do it? Yeah. I, I, now all you need is a stable internet connection. Oh, really? Good <laughs> <laughs> help. Ah, here's, your boy, here's your arrow, my friend. Okay. <laughs> That's the .exe part of this program, by the way. Oh, it's execute. I got it. That was brilliant. See any the rim shot, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my. Well, is that a good note to end it on? Probably. I think that's that's a good note. Uh, Roxanne, <laughs> where, where can people find you if, if they're looking for you? They can find me uh, at my uh, email address, which is rkaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, at prolaureate.com, P-R-O-L-A-U-R-E-A-T-E. They can call me or text me or however you want to use my phone number. Just make it nice. <laughs> 216-544-7528. And go to my website. You can reach me through that, too. And that's just prolaureate.com. And they can find me at petermargaritas.com. And it's M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-I-S. It should be pronounced margaritas. And that's too much like hepatitis, gingivitis, and laryngitis. So we, we pronounce it like a cocktail. Um, you can email me at peter at petermargaritas.com and since Roxanne gave her phone number right I guess I could give mine out 1-800 call Roxanne (laughs) (laughs) you you can call and text me at 614-668-2936 that's awesome thanks again to both of you for taking the time and being with us on this maiden voyage for our first live streaming uh, outing. Good job, guys. Good job. You're really out there doing it. You're out there doing it. I'm just, you know, I applaud you for this. And thanks again for having us on to to kind of launch the thing. Now, now, 
it's all up from here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was a blast being your arrow. Uh... <laughs> Target. Target, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we got to CGI an arrow in there. For, for the... <laughs> oh, please do. Zen archery, my yeah. friend. Zen but, archery. But this, is, this has been a really fun 15 minutes. No. <laughs> it's been an absolute blast. Absolutely. And thank you for, uh, for inviting myself as well as Roxanne. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate it, everyone. Great right, to guys, see you, Take care and be, be safe. safe. Be well. And you and your families, too. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> I'm going to send an arrow to that guy now. <laughs>